0: Well, dude, I appreciate the time and I'm really looking forward to the show coming up here, Riverside Municipal Auditorium, downtown Riverside, Saturday, February yeah. 8th, the nineteenth, with some old friends, I imagine. Fishbone gonna be one big old party.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be great to play with those guys again. They're they're amazing and uh yeah, thrilled for the show. Really looking forward to it.
0: Have you guys even begun to tackle like a set list like with thirty plus years? How do you even do that at this point?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of songs to narrow down, but there's certain ones that are just kind of staples in the set. So you always keep those in shape, and then you try to work in maybe a couple here and there that are a little bit outside of the usual set list. And yeah, it's a lot of songs we have, probably like 150 or something. So we just kind of, you know, go through a few, feel which ones are sounding best. Our our drummer lives in Las Vegas, so we don't really jam that much until we have a show. And then we all get together a couple days before the show, and we'll really drill out the set.
0: And I imagine a longer set, because you guys are headlining where it seems like a lot more opening sets recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not sure what the set times, but it's probably going to be a little over an hour, so, yeah, you uh, it gives you a little more chance to dig into some other weirder songs and make it a bit of a rounder set list.
0: And, uh, d- like we said earlier, old friends with Fishbone. How, how long have you known those guys since the beginning, I imagine?
1: Uh, gosh, we played with them over the years, you know, starting in the mid-90s. We we did a big tour with them about three or four years ago through the U.S. with uh, Reverend Horton Heat, Fishbone, us. And it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, and, and I was just a huge fan of theirs during the 80s and late 90s before I was even playing music. I was a big fan of theirs. So to get to share the stage with them is a complete honor. You know, it's weird to play over them or after them. It just doesn't even feel right.
0: <laughs> right. You feel like at least seniority, right? It should go to the uh, the oldest. Yeah,
1: player. yeah. It's You know, things like that happen, but it just that doesn't feel right at all.
0: <laughs> well, dude, definitely looking forward to the show. And, and let's uh, fire up the DeLorean and go back in time. Do you remember the first time playing in Riverside or the Inland Empire? Was it maybe at the barn at UC? The R showcase there's like or?
1: Or the barn. There's a place Spankies. There's a couple uh you know, the um in Corona the showcase we play out there yeah, quite yeah. a bit. But uh yeah, the barn. I remember the early barn shows, mid nineties era, you know. Bob Becker and Fearless Records would do a lot of showcases and uh we would be involved in those. So we would play some really cool showcases. A couple times with Blink before they were Blink one eighty two, a couple times with uh, you know, law, a lot of the, the bigger up and coming bands from that era and uh all the bands from those comps, all the old Fearless Comps would be a part of it.
0: Yeah, dude, those were some epic shows back in the day at the barn.
1: Yeah, homegrown, bands like that.
0: And and like you said, to touched on too, Showcase Theater, another great place in the Inland Empire to
1: play at. Yes. Yeah. The Showcase was always a great place and just seemed to always be a very lively, tapped show. You know, people loved coming out there and very fun place to play. Very just in your face, old school punk rock type of venue.
0: Yeah. Rest in peace to both of those venues, sadly, not no longer yeah. around. You know, speaking of shows and uh, old friends, I imagine it was like a big old punk rock high school reunion at the uh, Punk in the Park in Orange County back in November, a few months ago.
1: Right, yeah, those festivals are a lot of fun when you get to, you know, yeah, play with all your friends, get to see everybody, get a bunch of people at the same venue, the same show. Those are really awesome shows to to play. We're looking forward to more of those down the line.
0: Any uh, any highlights from Punk in the Park? Any any uh, good hangs or, or any bands that caught your eye or anything that stands out to you? Any memories from that one?
1: Yeah, it was cool seeing Night. You know, it was the first time I got to see them with their new singer, and they they did a really great set um it was awesome to get to just kind of run into everybody and uh after the last couple of years of not doing much touring we you know it's been a while since we had a chance to really get to see a lot of our friends so shows like that are killer to just kind of run into each other go from trailer to trailer say what up and uh you know the gimme give were amazing i'm playing some shows with them coming up i didn't play that night with them but it was really fun to get to see those guys they, they put on one of the best shows and no facts had an incredible show as well so just really fun weekend all around
0: yeah, your boss right fat Mike the 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 boss it, it's a little funny like to stop and think about that guy just because of his on-stage persona as him like running a record label but he, he does, yeah he, totally he does uh he, he does get professional there is a professional side to fat Mike I imagine
1: oh yeah he started that label in his early 20s and you know right off the gate it started doing very well by the time he's like 25 26 that label was moving serious records and then uh, you know blew up to be one of the biggest independent labels within the scene, you know, and and still holds it down. So no matter what he's doing, no matter if people think he's a little, you know, he's he's a little wild or whatever, he's (laughs) he's got business mind and, uh, you know, that's, that's always there. He's always got a cool project coming up. So we've learned very much from like, you know, I just try to learn anything I can from him.
0: So he really is kind of Jekyll and Hyde, like the goofball on stage and then like the serious businessman getting, getting deals done and making stuff happen.
1: Yeah. He's unique in that sense where he's really great at both. And it's really just all him, you know, that that, that's genuine. He's, he is those people, you know, he's not putting on a front. He is that wild fun dude. And then he's also the dude that knows when business has to happen and how to make it happen. So yeah, it's, it's a rare combination to find.
0: Love it, man. And, you know, speaking of uh, the label and, you know, 2019 songs of armor and devotion, been a few years now, I imagine with the pandemic uh, and sitting around at home, you got to be collecting some riffs for some new music, thinking about a new album, at least.
1: Yeah, we're always writing, you know, we we actually demoed like almost a dozen new songs musically, just went in, knocked out the music with our buddy send them to our singer. So we'll see what happens with all that stuff, but always writing, you know, I just kind of wrote something the other day and um, we're not practicing too much right now. Cause demoed all these tracks. We're just kind of waiting to get some stuff together and, you know, we're just kind of taking it slow. You know, I, I don't think we want to put out a record every like two years, like clockwork, like we used to, it's, it's going to be a thing where it's probably more every four to five years, but I think we can make the quality better and we can, you know, make it a little more special of a thing when one actually comes out.
0: Is it hard to tell when a, when a song is actually done? Do you like have to jam it in the car or something? Is there like a little test you do or, or do you put a time limit on it? Or how do, how do you know when a song is done?
1: Well, that's kind of the trick in the studio is, is knowing when enough is enough because you can keep tinkering things. You can keep messing around with stuff and, and, and overproducing the song, really. So you just need to know when the feel of it is good enough. You know, okay, it looks like we nailed what we need to do. Let's kind of leave it where it is because if you keep messing with it, you can just kind of make it too... It's like destroying paint at a, you know, at a painting. It just, it, it, it's too much at a certain point and the song may suffer from it. So, yeah, I mean, the producers should help you with that. And over the years, we've kind of learned ourselves like you know where to draw the line and you know sometimes you nail it other times you go a little too far other times you don't put in enough work so it's really every record is a different experience and um i'm looking forward to the next one to do something and take our time and really make sure that we we nail it with this next one
0: so it's going to be for sure 23 you're not even thinking about 22 for a new
1: album probably not yeah I, i won't even i can't even speculate at this point but yeah nothing immediately
0: Okay. Well, you know, uh, speaking of recording and gear and equipment, really cool story that uh, I heard about you and Nam and rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. But I wonder if you could uh, reaccount me- meeting the, uh, the legend.
1: Well, we actually didn't get to personally meet Eddie, but he was watching a live stream of a Fender guitar demo that we did at NAM. This was um, almost 10 years ago, I'd say. Maybe it was 10 years ago. And we were playing through this live stream video, and he saw it, and he actually liked what we were doing. So he comped us two half stacks, two EVH half stacks, which at the time it just came out. We, we wanted them. You know, we were looking to get these half stacks. And our guys at Fender were like, going to get us a pretty good deal. And then Eddie happened to watch the video and, and, and said, hey, give these guys a green light. I'd like them both to have two in my past. So it was crazy just to have him know that he watched a set of ours and actually dug it enough to be like, hey, help these guys out. Like, that's really cool. Like, I always had hoped I could meet him and just really tell him thank you so much for everything. But that personal sort of connection is just unbelievable. And, you know, never got to meet him personally to, to, to hear it and say it to him. But uh, it is what it is. I'm just so thrilled that he got a chance to watch my, my music.
0: You're like, he kno- Eddie knows who I am? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it, it was crazy. I still can't even really accept it. And I don't even know. I mean, maybe the guys at the just blowing smoke in my ass. But I've heard it from a few people that, that were, you know, in touch with Eddie. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool If that, at the end of the day if that's, you know. That's the highlight of my musical career. I can live with that. <laughs> and
0: yeah, man, how, how crushing that he passed away, way, way too soon, man. Yeah, no,
1: just really tragic. We were such, so, such a loss. And and just you know, you, you just gotta love the the music that he's left behind. And you know, fortunate that he gave us what he gave us. You know, that's at the end of the day. And all you can do is just give as much music as you can. If you're a musician, just keep creating, keep giving it out because it'll it'll survive you. Is
0: there a Van Halen tune we could play on the radio for you?
1: Ooh, go ahead and play something off Van Halen. One, you know, like uh, I don't. I'm the one. There we I'm go. The one's pretty hard to beat. Perfect. I'm the one. Of course. Beautiful. We'll rock
0: that one. And Jake, I appreciate all the time. Last thing I got for you. One other band we got to get into because we're an old school. Okay, cool. Old school yeah, my radio man. Well, station. Thank you very
1: much for the time.
0: Last thing I got for you is uh, we are an old school radio station. We do it every night, 10 p.m. Mandatory Metallica. Bow down and right. worship Metallica. And I understand. Yeah, Metallica was your very first concert in 1988. It was. Where was it? Who opened? Yeah, 80, give me the whole thing.
1: 89, I got to see them. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: Where? Who opened? Give me the whole. Give me the whole rundown. Take yeah, it was,
1: on, it was one of the last shows of the Damage Justice tour. I was 15, and like you know, the year before, I, they just blow my my world apart. I I loved them so much. So when they were coming through, I had to get tickets. So we caught the final two shows at Irvine Meadows, which is out in Irvine. Yeah, and it's Faith No More opening up which was really weird. Like, we had kind of heard of Faith No More, but, like, no one really knew him. And I felt really bad for him because as soon as they came out on stage and people saw that they had a keyboard player and, like, <laughs> it wasn't total thrash, it, it was just boo. It was just boos from 20,000 people. And it was, like, it was kind of hard to watch the set because no one wanted to give them a chance. But then Metallica came out and it was just so rabid and gnarly. And being 15 and seeing that and seeing that stage and that performance. And, you know, people today can't really understand. There was nothing like Metallica at that time. There was nothing that big, but that underground and that raw, but yet massive. They were doing four nights at Irvine Meadows, which no one could really do. And um, this is even before the Black Record, you know, this was just on Justice. Right. So they were so massive and, and but cool. And like, you felt like you're really a part of like something very amazing to be at that show. You know, I was already a guitar player, like that's what I wanted to do. But seeing that was like, okay, I'll give up everything in my life to try to get anywhere near that level, you know, and (laughs) still working on it.
0: (laughs) So was Injustice your uh, introduction to the band?
1: Uh, I got Master of Puppets first, actually. And I got Master of Puppets. I got Chicken pox the next day. So I was stuck home with Master of Puppets for two weeks. It changed my life. When I went back to school two weeks later, I couldn't stop talking about Metallica and Master (laughs) of Puppets and everything about that record. And then I got Garage Days and then I got Justice, which had already been out but for some reason I, I waited to get that then i got justice and then it was just you know kill them all ride the lightning the cliff them all video was was huge yeah for me watching that video every day after school bringing friends over to show them you gotta see this you know this is the <laughs> real thing so yeah man i can't i can't overstate how formative that band was up until you know probably i was about like you know 17 18 and then i kind of transitioned into you know thrash a little more of the darker you know metallica got put me into megadeth put me into exodus testament and then uh you know then i got into like the punk rock like bad religion descendants social d like real quality good punk rock and i, I was like let's just can combine these somehow you know let's see if we can combine bad religion and old school flair metallica kind of vibe or something and iron maiden in there a little too and yeah just a weird hybrid that's what strung out's always tried to do
0: yeah i was glad you mentioned the maiden too because i've always heard that in your music i always felt that maiden yeah. vibe who, who had yeah. those punk rock roots as well man
1: Oh, for sure. You know, they really were in the late 70s. They're, and, and that's, you look at like, that level Maiden, you look at early Metallica, they were very punk as well. So it was kind of like that punk metal hybrid was existing through those days and Suicidal Tendencies is another version, example. And we were inspired by all those guys. So Strung Out was kind of just a tribute to that hybrid metal punk sort of thing, you know, but with the Fat Records kind of vibe and the more 90s kind of vibe as opposed to more of an 80s vibe. So yeah, dude, I'm I'm very happy that we were able to carve our own kind of niche and hopefully we're some sort of tribute to those bands that inspired us and hopefully we inspire some other bands to pick it up and and do their thing with it.
0: Love it, man. Just to put a uh, button on on mandatory Metallica, uh, pick a song for us to play.
1: Oh, man, that's a tough one. Go with, uh, I don't want to do anything like too cliche. Let's Go with Trapped Under Ice.
0: Oh, going on a deeper cut off of Ride the Lightning.
1: Yeah. It's got to be something a little bit different, you know?
0: I love it, man. We'll rock it for you. Appreciate it all the time, and uh, look forward to the show and seeing you out there at RMA.
1: Yeah, Mike, absolutely. Yeah, come say hi for sure. It's going to be a good
0: one. Can't wait. Thank you so much, sir. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Later.